Hey, this is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show, this is our most rented 2022. You'll understand what this name means. It is basically our best of. So these are the films and TV shows that gave us the biggest impact, the ones that we loved, the ones that we uh, really wanted to share as our best of the year. Uh, We had this chat with everyone. So this is Cole, Graham and Gad. Let's get straight into it. Thank you for listening. And this is our most rented 2022. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? How's it, guys? Good morning, Russell. Good morning. It is morning. <laughs> it is morning. <laughs> yes, it is. Gad, you could probably say Gad does more of the night shift at the video store. Yeah. So it's obvious. It's hey, quite. Hey. It's quite odd seeing you so early. I'm like seventy-two percent here. So hopefully you can wake up over the course of this recording. Um, we are all gathered here to start what I hope can be uh, an annual thing. Yeah. Um, similar to how. Um, we would have like the top shelf or the most rented or or some kind of a shelf at the video store. Mm. I think we can have an episode that somehow encapsulates the year. Yeah. So that's the hope. And and what I thought we could call this is we call this um, the most rented mm. or video store presents most rented, which would be the the most popular films in our opinion or the best the, the our favorite films. Of this year, mm-hmm. there's ones that are always out, and you yeah. You never so it's like them. it's as yeah. if they were so popular that they were the most rented from mm-hmm. our video. Now, whenever you go, they're always missing. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what we are also planning on doing is on our Facebook group, and hopefully this is going to translate to other platforms in the future. But to try and have a vote for the community, yeah, um, mm-hmm. so that all of you can make suggestions, and then we compile some kind of poll, and then you let us know what your favorites were for the year. Yeah, and so the best is to, yeah, just go. the The plan is there's the four of us that are that are chilling here. We're gonna just go. Just the four of us. <laughs> gonna go <laughs> in a circle, and each uh, Chomi can put in a suggestion of, of of the film, and we'll discuss, and then we'll 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 just keep keep the party going mm. until Ooh. we feel like we've kind of hit all the all the ones that we love. Right. So, perhaps if I could kick it off, of sure. course. Uh, on Apple TV Plus is a film with Zac Efron called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Uh, yes, I've heard of this. Hmm. Okay. True story. Haven't heard of it. It's a true story. And this is what's horrible. Well, not horrible, but I mean, this is what's tough about our landscape today is that if you don't have Apple TV Plus, you might have missed this. Yeah. But it was one of the biggest films that they released this year because it's a huge budget. Hmm. It's a It's a... It's Vietnam. It's a Vietnam War movie. What? Yeah. So basically, the the premise of it, we've mentioned it on a previous episode, but I thought, you know, we can we can sort of summarize these films again. Um, Zac Efron uh, is chilling back in in New York City, 
watching the, the Vietnam War play out, um, realizing that these guys are demoralized and probably having a shit time in the war. And they make this joke um, that they should, you know, they should get, someone should go over there and give them a beer, you know, to just remind them that, you know, that, that people are thinking about them, you know, back home, because he's part of this group of guys that are thinking about these dudes. And he says, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to do that. Because he's kind of useless. He hasn't found himself. He didn't need to go to the war. He wasn't conscripted or whatever the word is. So he literally packs this duffel bag filled with Paps Blue Ribbon and realizes it's very easy to get into the war. Mm. Like oh, all, all ships and ferries and things. And, but it's perhaps very difficult to get out. Um, and he manages to actually find people in the neighborhood because once everybody knows he's going to go to Vietnam, you know, the moms and the sisters are like, you know, give, mm. let's say, Cole, g- give Cole this picture, like, tell him I love him, give him this note. And so he becomes, he represents more than just a dude giving beer. He's like, he gives them hope. But the friends are like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, you do not have to be here. Why are you here? Why are you choosing to be here? And the guy's like, I wanted to bring you beer. But it is based on a true story. Dude actually did this. And he went into like the front lines of Vietnam. And then one of the guys he meets in a hotel in Saigon is a a, um, war uh, reporter played by Russell Crowe, which is also a nice uh, role by him. So it's called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. And it's on Apple TV+. Okay. Nice. That does sound cool. You guys haven't seen it. No, no I never even have heard of it. T- Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So I guess it's out there. subscription for, service. Yeah. So for those who, who don't have it, I'm sure it's it's sailing out there in yeah. the seas. But um, yeah, that was, that was a, a, a... Because, sorry, the last thing to mention is that the film itself becomes a lovely commentary on what Vietnam was mm-hmm. and, and how complicated it was. Mm-hmm. Because there was so much confusion around its agenda, its purpose, yeah. who's right, who's wrong, who the bad guys, who the good guys. Sure, the respect the soldiers also got when they came back is touched upon. Yeah. No, just everything about what it meant to be in that war. And, and it, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And what it means to be an American. And is oh, it right course. to be, be proud of your troops, but what are they doing? It's, yeah. like, it's great. Bill Murray is also in it. He's got right. this little cameo as the bar owner. Nice. It's lovely. Nice. All okay. right. Should we, work, should we work our way around this way? Sure. I think my, my favorite film of the year is a bit of an obvious choice. I think it's a most people's choice. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Uh, I think that few films have outdone themselves in the same way that that film has. Um, to touch on life in so many different ways in such a grand way yeah. as well. And to see Michelle Yeoh, I think, reclaim her stardom um, since like Crouching Tiger and Dragon, I think to, for her to re-enter the popular conscious again, uh, especially with this new Witcher series that she's in. Mm. Was she Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was her and... Um, I don't want to pronounce her name, but the lead actress in Memoirs of a Geisha. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And Charlie Young Fat. Yeah, and Charlie Young Fat, of mm, course. Yeah. But yeah, Michelle Yeoh is definitely making a comeback now. It's brilliant. She's in a bunch of stuff. It's brilliant. She's in the next Avatar, Avatar 3. 
Oh, coming yeah, out in 2084. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she's also in the next, um, the Kenneth Branagh tells people they're murderers movies. The next, uh, uh, oh, True like, Detective. No, like no, no, no. Poirot. The, yeah, so, like, oh, sorry, Nile. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Sorry, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's in the too, next one of those. Don't need to be too excited about that. Yeah, but so I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once Yeah, came out on cinemas. And then it's not been anywhere else since. Well, not in South Africa. Not in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So the rest we, of the world you can it's on you can get it on like streaming and rental and that sort of thing. But here it's just nowhere. It's nowhere yet. It's bonkers. Yeah, and also when it came out in cinemas, you got the feeling that also South Africa didn't quite know where to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a unique movie, and we've spoken about it at, a, at, at great extent. But it's very hard to encapsulate what exactly the movie is about. In short, Michelle, what how you pronounce it? Yo, Yo. Uh, is is a mother they they are effectively uh, an Asian family living in America they run this laundromat but um, and at the core of it is a relationship between her and her daughter who's like a teenage daughter but the movie is obviously so much more Mm -hmm. it's it's the most ridiculous movie it's about basically it touches on um, different uh, multiverses and how we all live in these multiverses and then they're able to move between multiverses. And so it sounds ridiculous when you start talking about yeah. it. Um, and and to the point like where I would be afraid if it maybe put someone off, but it's, it remains so fun mm-hmm. and it remains so easy yeah. that it is such a lovely movie to consume because it's so unexpected, but it's not a complicated, heavy multiverse nerdy thing no, where it's not too it becomes cerebral. too it can, cerebral. It, yeah, that's the word. It can be. The, it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure movie where yeah. you can decide how complex it is or how complexly you want to engage with it. Yes. You know? But at the Which core, awesome. it's just a quite a funny comedy yeah. that is completely ridiculous, that is just so free. It's almost like this kind of like free jazz. It's mm. like you don't know where this thing's going to go. Yeah. And you just let it wash over you and... And I I loved it. I yeah. watched it in um, in a nice full cinema um, in London, and I just the magic of cinema was brought back to me after years. <laughs> yeah, of, we had we of, had a few of, of those moments watching. this year with Top Gun Maverick as well for me. Mm. Uh, but I I think with everything everywhere all at once, such a long name to say. Yeah, <laughs> we need a we need a shorthand for that. <laughs> but I felt like the most poignant thing that it touched on was this idea that I think we all look at the state of our lives and that how did I end up here kind of question. Because yeah. I think you have expectations of how your life will play out when you're younger. Mm. And the way they orientate that around a marriage and how that marriage began and the choices that one makes and which choice is the right choice and am I happier? Would I have been happier? Yeah, yeah. I That's love a, those that, ideas. That is a big part of the movie. It, it, it is the relationship between her and her daughter, but then it is, as you said, it's about her being at a certain point of her life going, how could this have been different if I'd made different choices, if I'd done different things, if I hadn't settled yeah. to do this? And the multiverse as a technique helps make that possible where you could see that kind of one one version of it and how and to tap yeah. into it and Just, bring it in. I think it's something that more filmmakers need to take notes of. It's a very wise harnessing of genre. You know, where we have this mess of multiverse movies out there with superhero stuff. And then you bring it down to this more human element that's far more relatable on a day-to-day basis without being a superhero. Yeah. And I think that's its appeal for me. Yeah, it's mm. lovely. 
Okay. And, yeah, the fact that it was the VFX team was like five people long. Yeah, working on like laptops in their bedrooms. It's and <laughs> it's remarkable. It yeah. has to win best vi- best visual effects. Yeah, just for that. Yeah. I disagree with that, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> just like the idea of that for me, it's the same as like Boyhood getting nominated because of just the feat of filmmaking yeah. that that represents. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I suppose that, that was me. definitely going to be on my list. So mm. I, I knew someone else was going to mention it. So mm. that's also one of mine. Yeah, it's definitely on. I think everyone's list. I would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about you, Graham? Um, let's think about what's on the list. I'm going to talk about the Batman. I call mm. one of the early movies this year. It yeah. Came out back in like March, so it almost feels like it didn't even come out this year, <laughs> but it did. It just flies by. Right. It's just where it's time go? Can you believe it? It's December <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think one of the things about making a Batman movie is it must be unbelievably difficult to make that movie. Not just mm. from like the studio perspective of a studio saying, hey, this is like our tentpole character. You have a lot of pressure. But Batman is one of, if not the most famous fictional character in the world. Mm. So there is just millions of expectations piled upon this thing you know so to pull off something that is well received Mm. especially coming from a place of we've had so many batman movies they did something like cast robert pattinson who is still the twilight guy yeah you know so there's immediately just a ton of doubt about this film you know so to, to make that thing and pull it off and have it be well received is like filmmaking miracle it is you know? at this point, honestly, yeah. with the fandoms out there and how yeah. things play out. And to just make a fucking great movie. And also something that's that um, it doesn't fall into the typical categories of what we see in superhero movies these days. Yeah. In terms um, of like its social awareness. Yeah. It's And making something, I mean, we're going to say that Batman movies get progressively darker and grittier. Yes. That's the cliche. Yeah. But to make a decision to take a film like Seven mm. and use that as a location for Batman, yeah. you know, that uh, setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the first time I've seen it as being linked to a film like oh, Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. it's the it's the rainy, dingy city. It's that noir detective yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah because that's another story. thing. Because, I mean, every, they, they call Batman the world's greatest detective, but we never get to see him being a detective. Oh, do they do that? Yeah. What, in the what, comics? Yeah. He was the greatest f- detective. Made his debut in Detective Comics. Yeah, that's what DC is. DC was originally just a co- short for Detective Comics. Oh, <laughs> yeah, factoid. <laughs> um, Num- number twenty-seven. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very interesting because yeah, it, it got ridiculous in in some eras of Batman where it was just about how he has got his gadgets and yeah. how he became know, very camp. And a credit card. Yeah, and a credit <laughs> card. Yeah. Marker. And the other thing you say, like it is like aiming for like the dark and goodness, but at the same time, Batman's kind of arc in that film mm-hmm. is not about being ven- like that. Cause they even call him vengeance. Like they yeah. use that as like a nickname, but his whole arc is about becoming a symbol of hope, mm. you know, which is complete antithesis, like everything we normally see with Batman. Yeah. But that's what Batman's all about. That's what that character's supposed to be. Okay. But everybody just focuses on the fact that he, you know, he punches people really hard. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So one can encapsulate it. If I could, yeah, try and encapsulate it. Is that for yeah. you? It was a return to what made him special. Yeah, and and what made him authentic As, at the start. Yeah, and like the thing that made Batman, like I said, like maybe the most famous fictional character in the world. You know. Yeah, and I think also the thing that hit me watching that was its commentary on uh, what's going on in I suppose American culture mm-hmm. with. Um, 
you know, these young dudes who sit in their apartments and becoming obsessive about what's wrong with the world and... Yeah, I, I don't just think it's exclusive niche. to America in any way. Yeah. It's very online culture. Yeah, I suppose. Like, we see the the expression of that rage and the shootings and stuff mm-hmm. in America because it definitely felt like it was yeah. targeting that. Yeah. Uh, but to associate someone like the Riddler yes. with that, it's just like some uh, bold new ground that's yeah. being... I also, yeah, I, I also didn't mind that as far as it could have. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what that is. Mm. Yeah. What's so funny is that those kinds of more typically men yeah. are, are, <laughs> are living in basements yeah. around the world, but the ones in America have better access to guns. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, I didn't I didn't actually see him so much as that, but yeah, that's right. He is very much that kind of what would you call that? Like an insole yeah. kind of um Yeah, but but because they do because every time you see him he's like he's in the mask and he's doing like his really intimidating I'm the riddler voice sort of thing. Yeah. And then you see that thing where they find his computer and it's like that message to his following. He's like, hey guys <laughs> Thanks for following me. And yeah. it's just like, it like it clicks. clicks there. It's like, okay, yeah. this is what they're doing. Also, when he takes the mask off, yeah. you're just like, oh, it's, yeah. that's an everyday, everyday man. Ordinary good guy. Old, good old Paul Denner. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Who okay. I know. Oh, who we? I was going to say who we need to see in the Fablemans, Spielberg's new film, playing mm. Spielberg's fictional father. Yeah. Okay. Which mm. is also out in other parts of the world, just not here. Yeah, it's coming out like end of December, I think. Is yeah. that on that list you sent? That okay. new no. One? No, I critics don't like Spielberg. There was a Spielberg movie <laughs> on that list. I don't think the Fablemans was on it. What are the Spielberg I'm so movies? Sorry, I'm so used to Spielberg getting rejected that I'm, yeah. I'm I hurt. I'm better. But yeah. it, it, it's been out in other parts of the world? Yeah. yeah. And what is, how has it been received? Very well. Yeah. By critics, at least. I think it's a bit of a flop, commercially. Um, I saw that. Spielberg can't no. have it both ways. No, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Um, Gary, your turn. Okay, so for me, the most hyped movie... Your favorite? Most, well, the most hyped movie that didn't disappoint... Okay. okay. ...was Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, so you've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. So it's, uh, it's free on Roku in America, but yeah. you can't get it anywhere else in the world. So even Weird Al did a post saying, there's a torrent of methods to... <laughs> watch this movie <laughs> what was it it was the quote something yeah. like that yeah it's like you can very legally use a VPN yeah. Yeah. or there's a torrent of methods yeah that's yeah. what he said okay alright so Weird Al Yankovic 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 I think famous uh, parody musician who uh, over the course of our lifetime has sprung up with fun parody versions of pop songs um, always been a bit of a a joke, but in a respectful way. He takes his, his job very seriously. He takes his job very seriously, but what it is is completely ridiculous where he plays like polka versions <laughs> on an accordion. Um, but then he's recently made this, uh, or been involved in a in a telling of his life, um, and he is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, which is so Harry ridiculous. Potter himself. So what's so amazing about this movie is in the same way that his songs are a parody of other songs... This is in the same vein, kind of, as Walk Hard. It's a parody of these biopic movies. What? But it just, it's, everything is a lie. There's like not one truth in the movie. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. So did it's you like notice? No, I didn't. So the point of this biopic is to make a biopic about himself that isn't necessarily true. Maybe some parts <laughs> of it might be, but like, um, he, he makes a fake biopic 
about himself. That is brilliant. Wait, yeah. what is it? What is one of the gems? Uh, okay, so, so one of the things is it's implied that Michael Jackson's fat, a bad, he made fat first and then Michael Jackson copied him. Oh. Oh. That's what the movie talks about. Because <laughs> he very famously did the parody of yes. Michael Jackson's yeah. bad, turning it into fat. You know what? Or it was eat it. Eat, eat it, eat it or beat it. It was eat it or fat or one of them. But yeah, it was implied that he made the song and then Michael Jackson copied him. So it's just they go off on all these ridiculous tangents. And that he had a, he had an affair with Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> He's just claiming it all. Yeah, I think it's it's amazing. And he goes off with um, who's the the drug lord? Um, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. There's a whole mm. scene with him where they get involved. It's obviously like nonsense. Yeah. But um, I just love that. I just love the idea of him going. Okay, if I'm gonna make a movie, it's got to be a movie that epitomizes me and my career yeah. and my personality. So it's lovely. But I was uh, I was having a discussion with Daniel, and he was just he, no no, no my, <laughs> my buddy Daniel, okay, cool. <laughs> old 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 ready. <laughs> and Daniel didn't know that it was supposed to be a parody. He's just like I didn't know that Michael Jackson copied the song he did. And I'm like, oh, you did not get this movie. <laughs> but that's awesome. But that's lovely. What a lovely thing to just sort of discover but, um, or um, get away with to some degree. And it's just so stupid. Yeah, I had to watch that one by myself. And and was <laughs> was already good. Oh, he was amazing. He's a great yeah. actor. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I I like the the ridiculousness because I've I've realized my girlfriend like I can't show silly movies. We try to do Beavis and Butthead. Oh, I know. But I mean, that's lost on. But that's very, very silly. Yeah, like, I, I love that as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a niche frequency that you have to be on. Yeah. I could never do Beavis and Butthead. So, oh, so appreciate good. the idea of it. But yeah. Oh my god, I could never it's into a, it. Ha, 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 yeah, yeah. I think yeah. half oh, the movie horrible. is like. It's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> great. It's too much for me. Um, all right, you feel like you said everything you needed to about uh, about weird. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. I don't want to spoil too much. It's just yeah. it's so silly. But lovely. Okay, so it's out there for someone to um, to find. Yes. <laughs> okay. Lovely. Uh, all right. My choice. My my pick um, is a film called "Good Luck to You, Leo Grand," which I've brought up on a few episodes. Mm. Which is uh, Emma Thompson film. Yes. Oh yes. That came out this year. Um, smaller smaller indie uh, film so obviously not a huge uh, blockbuster for everyone it was on cinemas at, at some point it was on uh, box office I think at some point uh, okay. I'm not sure where it's sitting now um, we could maybe figure that out and yeah. put a link to it but it's effectively this touching story about a woman who is probably in her 50s the, probably basically the age of Emma Thompson now and basically the whole movie takes place over a series of visits in a hotel room where this woman who has since lost her husband but has had a life of very little perhaps excitement or lust or good sex. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> um, is um, hiring, nervously hiring a, a, a man as a, who is a male escort um, to to have sex with her, and it's their relationship over the course of two or three meetings, as you learn more about him, more about her, and as she becomes more, yeah, sort of comfortable with herself, it's it's just incredible, 
and and when I when I watched it, I thought she deserves an Oscar. Um, then we watched Woman King, and I realized <laughs> there's others that deserve it. Yeah. So I'm very conflicted, but I would I would love her. I think she's one. I would love her to 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 win for this role. Um, at the not to give too much away, but she very much lays herself quite bare, both literally and figuratively, in the movie. Hmm. Um, and it's it's very much about. Um, when you get to a certain point in your life where you've got to be comfortable and happy with who you are, um, it's oh, it's it's magical. It's, it's an amazing awesome. movie, and and I think every woman should see it, especially older women. Um, I can't obviously speak on behalf of <laughs> of older women, but just from what I've been able to um, pick up and get a sense of with the women in my life or the people I've spoken to is that at a certain point in a woman's life, you, you can almost run the risk of being lost uh, and not seen. You're no longer perhaps the spring chicken you were. Mm. Things, things naturally droop and one gets older where it's a little bit perhaps easier for a guy to, to get into an older age. You can you know, have yeah, this kind of George, George Clooney look and you've got the silver fox and you know, there's quite a lot going for you in terms of how you can be, um, how you can age gracefully, right? Um, on the on the other episode with Gilly, she talks about how hot she finds Kevin Cosner now at sixty. <laughs> wow! You know, it's possible. Where it's a lot trickier for a woman to to do that and in there society. Are expectations. And and um, and so this film very much kind of plays with that and addresses that. So the 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 man she hires, his name is Leo Grand, and so it's it's a who plays him? He is a British guy. Um, I don't know his name offhand. Okay. Um, but he is also in the TV show Bad Sisters. No idea. Never heard which of Which is on um, uh, Apple TV Plus, which is great. Oh, which right. is like the British version of Big Little Lies. It's a lovely show. Okay. Mm. I still haven't so seen Big Little Lies. Lies. But Neither. he's quite a striking dude. He's kind of like a mixed race gentleman who's got like sort of quite light brown skin and he's got these like piercing blue eyes he's a great actor it'd be lovely if he won something uh -huh. too his name is Daryl McCormack Daryl McCormack yeah. that's right keeping up with actors names is quite hard yeah. with the new gen um, I've so heard yeah, good luck amazing. to you Leo Grand yeah. it sounds really cool see, it reminds me of it another it is on film. iTunes for people who want to see it it's okay, available yeah. through iTunes so also on like Apple TV I suppose yeah so are those the same thing nowadays um, yeah, if you like rent. Like the library. Like when you can rent yeah. movies. If you want to rent or buy movies okay. through Apple TV. You're what does Apple TV cost? Apple TV Plus. I don't think it's too much. Um, Les signed up for it. I think, I think it's like 120 rand a month. Yeah, this is a monthly yeah. thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, and they've got good stuff. They've got good shows. Yeah. Got good content. It well, seems very curated. Like they're not putting out tons of stuff. Yes. But their stuff generally seems to be like very high quality and also very mm. dramatic mm. i find yeah uh, there's there's a bunch of there's a range you mm. can you okay. can clearly see the list and go okay that's for that's the that's the sharp hard hit hard hitting that's the yeah. yes. they've got ted lasso right they've got yeah. ted lasso and they also yeah. have prehistoric planet yeah and mm. next year the um like the third in like the band of brothers sort of shows what is what is the second yeah. the pacific uh, pacific yeah i haven't seen any of that no Band yeah. of Brothers is... I didn't know it was a series. Yeah. It's like, like one of the greatest things It's more like made. an anthology, I suppose, but they're all like... It's made by the same people. The next uh, one's about um, Air Force. 
So they've done like Europe, and then they're doing Pacific. Now they're doing an Air Force mm. show. Okay. Yeah. It okay. should be good. Nice. But yeah, it's interesting talking about getting into award season mm. and this moment that we have in South Africa every single year yeah. where you start seeing the hype around, you know, the predictions and what people are thinking of and you're just trying to see when these forms are coming out here and it's like... They're probably not. They're they're probably op- no, but not. they often do come out... Once the announce the nominations are made. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then um, we do start seeing those films more like in January, February mm. in cinemas, um, more the art house cinemas like the Nouveaux. Yeah. Yes. Um, but... Um, People, a lot of people are saying that Kate Blanchett's going to take it this year for her role as a conductor in a movie called Tar, mm. where she really conducts an orchestra. Yeah. Okay. But we are. Yeah, we've heard nothing. Heard nothing about it. Yeah. Ooh. We can still record. Yeah, we okay. can. So. We just record in the dark. We just got load shaded. Yep. No, but the bias got. Oh, because we didn't flip it back to inverter. Hold on. In terms of series, would you guys like to talk about series? Hells sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's your turn now. Okay. Um, I think I've. You know, I've I've heard that Severance has been really enjoyed by people. Didn't really dig it. Mm. You didn't I, dig I it. I didn't get through it all. Um, no, neither. Oh oh, I no, couldn't. No, no. Oh, no, I no, stopped no, no, at no. like two or three. Yeah, I was just. It, it there was starts, nothing. It starts kind of odd and slow. Yeah, but it. Oh, you need to. I think get. I got like five episodes in, and I just gave up. Mm. Really okay, so okay, so basically, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 willed they willed build for a while. Yes. Arguably too long, but then that world starts cracking. And they start fighting. I got through. to that moment. Yeah. And that didn't keep you. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help you. I do love Adam Scott though. I think Adam Scott is incredible, yeah. especially in Parks and Rec. Um, but I think the series highlight from me this year, I think it might be a two way tie. Um, Euphoria's second season, mm. I thought was fantastic, albeit problematic. But I think my highlights of the year was Heartstopper. Sorry to be that uh, queer. No, you've <laughs> brought it up before. Never yeah, haven't heard of that. We we um we like girls, Gad. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm why we, that's why we've missed that one. <laughs> it's a beautiful little team rom com set in a, an English high school. I think about English being British. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and um. It's about these two young men that meet each other. One's very closeted, one is more open. And it's a journey of discovery that's like so innocent and playful. And like there's a lot of mirth in it that feels really refreshing. What is mm. mirth? It's like, is that a Christmas word? Yeah, yeah. It sounds, <laughs> like, something, <laughs> it sounds like something baby Jesus got gifted. <laughs> um, that's myrrh. Uh, oh, right. Yes. Yeah, sorry. What's mirth? What's mirth, you? Uh, I hate defining words so much. <laughs> it's like, how would you call it, Graham? Well, how would you define it? It's like joy. It's like joy and happiness and yeah. fluffiness and and uh, those okay, little beautiful you. feelings. People use people who use big words can be so affectatious. <laughs> <laughs> Mirth is objectively a short word. I'm just saying, Boom. it's not a big word, but it's big figuratively. Amusement, <laughs> amusement, especially expressed as laughter. That's what. Okay. Means. Yeah, yeah. Mirth. Yeah. So there's a lot of joy to be had in the series and um, I just, there was this beautiful innocence about first love, teenage romance um, that was just wonderful. Mm. I absolutely adored it and I know it's quite a popular show as well. So yeah, that, that's my pick. Is that like a BBC show? No, it's, it's a Netflix. It? Netflix, it's a Netflix, show, yeah. Netflix original. Okay. Yeah, it's wonderful. Netflix is one this year. You think so? Oof. I've watched well, one series on Netflix the whole year. <laughs> Yeah, it was Dharma. Oh. 
that like won them the year, I think. Uh, okay. And I Stranger Things season that. four. I was going to say Stranger Things is like, the only thing I've it watched was on Netflix. A few, it, it was a few moments where they topped their record of streaming mm. this year. Yeah, well, I mean, they still have the most mm. subscribers by far. I just saw the other day that Amazon Prime in America is now the most subscribed service. What? Okay, the numbers are a bit skewed with Amazon Prime, though. Okay. Because it's people who, who signed up to Amazon Prime, exactly. not for TV. Exactly, if you have TV. Amazon Prime, the... Oh. Yeah, so everyone who gets Amazon Prime, which is like their it's delivery thing. It's like their thing, pro-tier subscription yes, for gets, deliveries. Yes, gets Amazon Prime video included They don't necessarily in watch it. Ah. So the vast majority of people who have subscriptions to, to Prime Video don't watch Prime Video. Hectic. So like me for four months of the year. Oh, right. I was paying for it and didn't realize. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like he needs the money. No. They do it for market share. They don't, they don't care about losing money. Yeah. And speaking of Amazon Prime, Rings of Power I thought was fantastic. Oh, I still haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. I need to get Prime for like a month and then just catch up on everything. Yeah, exactly. I got eight minutes That's the in. strategy. <laughs> I, know, I, 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 I did was, the first episode. Out. Okay. That show costs $58 million an episode. <laughs> just the rights per just the rights yeah. for to to say Lord of the Rings was two hundred and fifty million. That's that's the what? price of a that's the price of a Marvel movie. Yeah. That's what like Doctor Strange wow. costs yeah. <laughs> to make. That's just for the rights. Yeah, I mean, think the Mandalorian is about fifteen million dollars an episode. Now think about fifty-eight million dollars an episode. Yeah, you see it. It's you can see wild, it. Wild, dude. It's incredibly well made. Mm. It's beautiful. It's like and I is feel it delivered? like c- cinematically, it's quite coherent. I felt mm. like uh, I'm not thinking in terms of the law because I know that a whole bunch of fans hate it as they do with every no, single property that's released. Yeah. But who cares? Um, I felt like story wise and plot wise, it it goes in a really cool direction it's and. You kind of don't see things playing out. And there's some really cool, tender, lovely moments between characters, hmm. between elves and dwarves, and like expanding on that relationship yeah. a little bit. Have you finished the, the season? Where, yeah. where is it? Is the season finished? Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all completed. It's 10 episodes. Yes, I okay. think so. And is the idea that there's going to be more? Yes. Okay. Oh, they're going to milk this for everything they can. Yeah. Listen, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. It's basically, it's the journey of the forging of the Rings of Power. And I'm guessing... Um, ending with Sauron creating the One Ring, and then you okay. know, so the show doesn't get to that point, not in this season. Okay. No, that's kind of where it'll it'll go. Yeah, lovely. Okay, but Heartstopper was your pick. Oh yes, okay, it was marvelous. <laughs> Do you, Graham? Um, what can we talk about next? Turning Red. Oh, cool. Was it no. a movie? It yeah. kind of flew under the radar because it didn't go into the Disney movie. Yeah, it's only on Disney Plus. I saw it yeah. in theaters. Oh, okay, most of the world didn't go into theaters. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in America definitely didn't go into theaters. It was a very sweet didn't movie. Make any money? Oh, it was beautiful. But like along those same lines of it being like young characters like discovering themselves, like you're talking about with Heartstopper, it does mm. that like flawlessly. Yeah, it's incredible. Like it's, it is mostly one of the reasons it got a lot of hate is because for some reason anything made for teenage girls just gets hated for some reason. Yeah. You know, same thing with like Miss Marvel and that that's kind of because thing. those people behind the keyboards generally hate teenage girls or yeah, are intimidated it's, well, it's, by it's teenage it's like girls. <laughs> it's like an ownership thing. They think like entertainment is is theirs; it belongs to them. So anything that isn't made for them is wrong. You yeah, know? no, that's, screw that. I, I would li- I would like us to spend less time talking about them. Yeah, <laughs> them being these kind yeah. of you know trolley type dudes. Yeah. Generally, more dudes out there. Let's just honestly, it's the four of us. What do we love? What yeah. do we enjoy? <laughs> it you was, know? and so you, and so you really enjoyed Turning Red. Turning Red's like amazing film. So, so it's well in my made. top five. You can for tell, the year. yeah, I think it probably is for me as well. Yeah. 
it's like very generational as well. Like you can tell it's come from young filmmakers. Yes. You know, and someone who's grown up watching anime, like nineties anime. Yeah, boy bands. Yeah, it boy looks bands so as different well. to any other Disney like yeah. Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. We picked it up. I don't know her name necessarily, but the woman who directed it is mm. an Asian woman, yes. which yeah. in this day and age has to be, should be, and very, you know, it, it that's a good thing. Yeah. And she hasn't done an incredible amount of stuff. No, she, like did, her, a, her, she did a Pixar short yeah. called Bow, which is amazing as well. So mm. she clearly had a good grasp on, on, on how to make an animated yeah. film because of this short doing so well. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for an Oscar yeah. at the time that it came out. Um, but it's just so great to hear that voice yeah. um, be, be out there. And so quick back of the box, it's, it's the story of a family. I think they're in San Francisco. Yes. In the Chinatown of San Francisco. And our main protagonist is a young girl who um, is getting her period for the first time. Essentially. Yeah, metaphorically, Essentially. Yeah, metaphorically. metaphorically. Very metaphorically. Going through puberty. Yeah. Uh, going through puberty. Um, and so that sort of gets addressed and gets spoken about. But what the film is really about is... is yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but but it's it's about the fact that this lineage of her family has this strange thing that happens where they um, have this panda. That they transform into a giant red panda. Yeah, the, the woman of, in the family. The, all the women in the family yeah. turn into this red panda when they hit puberty. When they hit puberty. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was lovely. I yeah. really enjoyed it. It's amazing how there's actually been a lot of like Asian influence in cinema there's yeah. that and everything everywhere all at once wasn't Shang-Chi this year yeah. as well yeah I think it may have been last year well, Which, yeah, yeah recently. I think it was last year yeah yeah it started with it's awesome it started with Crazy Rich Asians where mm-hmm. it did really well and like just because it was a good movie and it was an authentic cast and it was done authentically yeah and then people come out for it yeah yeah I think it's that beautiful moment where a filmmaker tells the story that only they can tell yeah, and all of those elements get put on screen for us. Yeah, like and you loved when the when the aunts arrived. Oh yes. yeah, it was epic. Yeah. It was hilarious. And just that pressure that that some of those those kids or in some of those communities, the pressure that they could have from their parents to be a certain thing, to grow mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. make use of the opportunity of having immigrated. It yeah, that could really only be told by someone who's who's lived it, yeah. mm. or who's around it. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the mysticism of it and how Asian yeah. mysticism comes into play where a bad example is Mulan where the first <laughs> Disney Mulan, I know you didn't like the... The remake. The remake, yeah. But the first Disney Mulan is a great example where it's like she does some practice that looks good for the sake of the animated film, but that's like, that's a Japanese thing, yeah. but she's Chinese yes. and then you've got like a dragon who's perhaps a more sacred figure in mysticism, but it's voiced by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's and a comedic <laughs> you know, sidekick. It's like, yeah, it's well-meaning, but not landing. Yeah. yeah. And maybe okay for its time and place. Mm. Probably not, but it happened. Yeah. What can you do? But then all you can do is just make a more better, authentic vision. Okay. Which they didn't, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not, yeah, not with yeah, Mulan, but, but just with in general, like, yeah, these movies, how you have this opportunity to tell the story of this. Yeah. Okay, so Graham's pick was Turning Red, which yeah. is obviously on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, Gaddy? So, yeah, as I mentioned how Netflix won this year, there's two shows they released. So, for me, Sandman. Okay. Uh, Sandman was 
a masterpiece. Like I, I read the comics when I was in varsity and these are just pitch perfect. Mm. Because it's Neil Gaiman who wrote it. He's the showrunner and he wrote a few episodes and right. like was in charge of casting. So like everything is whew, amazing. Yeah. But what I really want to talk about is 1899. Okay. So like this, this for me has been hopped up for a while because obviously it's the same creators as Dark. One of the greatest, greatest shows ever. Do you watch Agreed. Dark? Seconded. Do you like that? Yes. Did you finish it? Yeah. It's my Did favorite. You I haven't seen it's it. It's my favorite I started series. watching it and I was like, this is Stranger Things. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like first episode, little kid goes missing. Whole yeah, it's, town it's, starts it's, looking for it. There are a lot it. of parallels there. It's in German. What is yeah, it? it's a German show. It's a German it's show. Fully but in it's German. very much not but instead Stranger of Things. Be, yeah, but instead of the kid going into some sort of fantastical under... Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the place called in Stranger Things? Uh, the uh, upside, underneath. The upside, the upside down. down. Uh, upside down. <laughs> Sorry. In this, in this case, not to give too much away, but the kid goes back in time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's uh, not too much of a spoiler. Okay. But it the way they work with time travel and that. There was even a website that you could go to with Dark. Sorry to distract from the show that you wanted to talk about. No, that's fine. But there was a show a, a with website the, with the timeline and the yeah. family tree. So you can click on any character in the series and there's probably like 20 like characters that uh, like are involved in this journey throughout the three seasons, three seasons. Yeah. And you can click on it and it will guide you through where they are in the timeline um, so that you can uh, better track and research. And also you can select oh, wow. it according to what episode you're on. So you can go, I'm on season two, episode five. And we'll say, cool, this is this character's journey from episode one, season one to now. That's and you don't get So they're going spoilers. back in time, but then they're living through and working. And then you're realizing characters that you thought you knew were actually characters that had gone back in time. Oh, it's okay. just... Right. All right, so that's dark. Marvelous, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Which came out a year or two ago. So, so what so is 1899? So 1899 is almost like a very similar tone, but it's a story of people on a ship that's traveling from Europe to America. And in the middle of the voyage, they come across a boat that had gotten lost two months before, and they decide to board it and see what's happening. And then all the, this craziness ensues. Is it uh, set in 1899? It's set in... It's kind of. It's, it's, okay. it's with, I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> yeah. but it's nothing's as it seems. And it's like... Oh, it's beautiful but the, pitch. But, but, the, but, the, yeah. but the passengers are, are setting out in 1899. Is it like yeah. a cruise liner or are they... Like it's kind of like a cruise liner. There's it's kind of like a sort of Titanic era. Yeah, almost like Titanic era, but okay. it's multi-language. So there's English speakers, French speakers, Spanish speakers... Most it's, of the crew is They're German. almost doing a trip like a Titanic because they're yeah. going from Europe to America. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Okay. And then there's the, the lower class on the bottom. And is and everything set out in sea? Yeah. But the entire movie was shot in a studio. It's sure. this new oh, kind of studio where they got uh, rear projection round. It's the, it's the same visual effects technique that they've used for The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Which is... And the Batman um, as well. And what is it called? Do we know? I X, can't remember. X or... So basically the concept is... Do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, Paul? I know exactly. Okay, so just to explain about. to people, um, visual effects for the most part has always been composited in a computer screen. So like you would shoot someone um, in a green environment and then you would replace the green with something. But um, that's got its limits. So what they've figured out recently with this technology is that because screens... And just the idea of 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 almost this kind of s this domed screen, um, 
the technology is there to actually project onto these screens and put these characters well, in the this. screens that they're like they're LED screens. They're actually LEDs. The, they're like TVs. Yeah, they're essentially like televisions. They're, they're giant so. televisions. So they're which not can projecting be, like onto it. They're actually emitting light, which is one of the reasons it works. Yeah. It casts natural light onto the environment and onto the actors as well. Yeah, so they're putting these actors in these worlds that are created by these these television screens around them. Um, and it's and for them it, them, it feels like they're on location. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't and feel like a green screen. Yeah, so they're not just acting, sort of looking at a tennis ball. And it's also it's linked to the movement of the camera. So what you see, what they're, what they're displaying there is being rendered in real time. And yes. it's linked to the motion of the camera. So they can actually move the camera and everything moves correctly with perspective. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. It's incredible technology. Yeah. I, so, so the and I didn't even realize this while watching the series because there's a yeah. behind-the-scenes on Netflix that you need to watch afterwards. And I was okay, like, cool. what do you mean this movie was not shot on location? <laughs> like the entire movie. That's lovely. The Batman Man, as well. They make amazing use of it in the Batman. I had no idea they used it. Yeah. So it really kind of started with Mandalorian. That was one of yeah. the first yeah, famous examples it. of with it. ILM. And I think Obi-Wan uses it as well. Yeah. Well, naturally, yes. from there on, that's becoming a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite exciting. And it, we, we've long since spoken about on the show that the more physical you can make an effect, the more mm. long last, or the more real it feels. Yeah. So that's interesting that we're at this point now where we've almost come back to um, the visual effects being something a bit more practical. Yeah. Mm. But still, obviously, all fake. Yeah. But it's a bit more <laughs> real. Yes. Smoke and mirrors. But yeah. 1899, I think they've definitely set it up for a multi season show. It ends on a cliffhanger. Mm hmm. Oh, is it a film or a series? It's a series. Okay. I think there's eight or ten episodes. I can't remember. Brilliant. So I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we maybe do one more round? Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, and then if there's more to talk about, we can always do this again. Yeah. Because this is lovely. This is fun. Um, okay. My pick is The Lost City. All uh, right. Uh, cool. And I'll tell you why for a bunch of reasons. It's just a good romp. <laughs> That's it's amazing. A, it's 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 everything you want from a popcorn movie. Mm. Um, so this is a film that came out earlier this year. It stars Sandra Bullock. It's got Channing Tatum. It's the big Hollywood picture you want and expect it to be, where they are traveling the world, going through lost um, sort of treasure maps and big action set pieces. Lots of comedy, uh, an endearing romance, um, great villain, Amazing and villain. and um, and just I watched it on a plane and I was like, this is exactly what I want oh, from yeah. this journey. But in a cinema, it's just a lovely cinema movie. So yeah, The Lost City, nice. Yeah, with modern comedies, I don't often laugh out loud like yes, like incredibly. But this film, I was hosing myself the entire way, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's. It's a very traditional movie in the sense that we've seen it throughout our lives. These kinds of movies do get made. Mm. I'm thinking offhand like a big picture like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or like some James Bondy stuff. Like, mm. But it's it made this, what came out this year, but it's it's got a lovely modern take on it in that even though it's so ridiculous, they often... Um, reference that and oh, and right. say that themselves where they're it's like somewhat this self-aware. is preposterous like why like, <laughs> this is so silly like how is this actually happening so they're like aware of its preposterousness mm. preposterousness preposterousness <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, this isn't a podcast on on grammar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah did, uh, did anyone like it? I what haven't seen it. What's it called? Lost? The Lost City. Mm-hmm. It's hilariously it. funny. Okay. Um, one more round, I suppose I could talk about, uh, I suppose, like Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I was going to say Top Gun. Yeah. It's, um, I love how they just start off on the carrier mm. with riding yes. into it takes you like right back yeah. it's yeah. like this immediate device that pulls you into it and it does rely a lot on that nostalgia when it starts off but once they start escalating that plot yeah and once i was graham and i went to watch it in imax this weekend and there was so i've seen it before well, but I was then to say you you guys f- famously sort of didn't watch it yeah we missed it, it in out. theaters yeah, so. yeah, yeah and then it got a re-release this week yeah they really? Yeah, you know, they put it out. Thanks for the invite, dickheads. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I would have watched it again. No, uh, but you knew I'd watched it. So. Yeah. And there was a moment like where you see on your TV, but then when you see it on the big screen, the moment yeah. where um, Maverick comes in and he needs to prove to them that their mission objective is achievable and it's supposedly impossible. And then as it begins, there's this reverse shots on Tom Cruise in the cockpits of this plane. You must see the camera rig that they designed yeah, in order wild. to shoot these actors inside of these fighter jets. Mm-hmm. And then he just like punches it. He punches it. And you just feel the force of it. And it's something that you can't replicate or that I haven't seen done as effectively in terms of its effect on an audience member um, in visual effects. It's like, it's breathtaking to realize a lot of what you're watching is practical. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the power of that method that Tom Cruise is um, famous for, you know, taking hold of. I just, and the way that plot escalated, it just blew me away. Yeah. There was like a moment in the climax, I was telling Graham, where when I first saw it, I felt like I was having a panic attack. Because <laughs> it's just like, okay, you see something and there's a result. Yeah. And then you think you're in the clear and then something bad happens again. And then they're in the clear. And then something bad happens again. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I was just, I couldn't believe how it's thrilling really, yeah. it was. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, so you and I are normally a little chatty during movies. Yeah. Not that we're just having random conversations. We'd be like engaged with the movie and like back and forth about it. Yes. I don't think we said more than two words to each other the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're just true. like in it. In it and yeah. watching. I need to watch it. It took me 30 years to watch the first Top Gun movie. Same. So. <laughs> Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's such a lovely nod to the first one. Yeah. Um they do lots of things that are very clear homo- homages. Yeah. Some are very on the nose, like the opening, which is yes. great. Yes. So that sets the same world. But there's also like a sunsetty beach sport yeah. you know, sport montage. Yep. Yeah, just to objectify all the dudes. All right. <laughs> Works very well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was just lovely in that regard. Um the politics of it is purposefully very vague yeah so you yeah. you you really don't know who he's really fighting yeah at this point but then we've spoken about this it's, that's it not the matter. point yeah. the point yeah. is to not have a bad guy that's an obvious country or mm. regime or anything it's just about can this jet go down and fly up and make something can happen? tom cruise go down and fly up <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but like you were saying like you can't replicate that with the visual effects mm. it's like not about the plane and the environment you can't act that yeah being like you know blasted in an airplane at whatever speed they're going at you can't pretend no. like i think it was old degrasse tyson who said that apparently that first sequence of him going mach 10 or whatever like apparently that would have like fucking loud degrasse tyson i get so frustrated <laughs> every time he apparently that would have like torn him apart or something <laughs> like you're the wor- you must be the worst person to watch a movie yeah. with. Yeah. It's like actually, none of us care. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we don't care. 
Yeah. And it's amazing to see that. Like, obviously, we don't know the science, yeah. right? So what we're being told we assume is true, yeah. which is what some filmmaking does to people. Yes. But then also that's okay because it's not real. If you go train as a fighter pilot, yeah. you know, you're not going to go in there thinking, I'm going to be Maverick, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. people did. After the, After the first, the, first one. the original Top Gun was such an effective recruitment tool. Oh, yeah. Incredibly effective recruitment <laughs> tool. And people like people like like Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer said when they've met people like post that film, they were like mad at them because like, it's nothing like it. That's not what it's like being in the Navy. <laughs> Crazy. Wasn't it like the movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that had to be on the list. It had to. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was, there was some quotes. I think it's like the most cinematic yeah, there was piece a piece of cinema that happened. This yeah, year. there was a there was a quote that that was probably yeah I saw it recently, so it must have been in and around the fact that it was re-released. Where there was a quote like this reaffirms the magic of cinema, mm-hmm. or some something to that effect. Yeah, Tom Cruise saved the movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Took took, uh, <laughs> took Stuckinico out of business rescue. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Graham? Uh, um, okay, I was going to say Top Gun. Sorry, but now I will say Prey. Cool. Ooh, Prey was so Prey good. Prey was freaking fantastic. Oh, I've, been wanting, uh, I've been wanting to watch it because it's, should, it's now on um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, it came. It was only on streaming. It never went to theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, in the US, it went to Hulu or countries that have Hulu. It went there, and other places it went to Disney Plus. Um, but it's a prequel to Predator for people who don't know. A, a thing that should never have been a franchise that became a franchise, despite yeah. the fact that there are no good movies in it other than the first one. Exactly. Until now. Yeah. But it's a prequel it's set in, I don't know what, like 1700, 1600, something like that. Yeah. And it's set in uh, America. And it's a predator trying to kill some Native Americans. So it's, yeah, it's, it's as what if, yeah, what if these elements, what is it, an alien? Yeah, predators. Predators, an alien, an alien that yes. somehow found itself on Earth. Yeah. It hunts different they, species yeah, they, for sports. And yeah. of course, the first one, it was set in what, sort of like uh, 80s? Yeah, no, yeah. 1984, so got, I think. So they've got guns and they've got some sense of military technology. And lots of and big muscles. Big muscles. And none of it works. But yeah. I just love and those ideas where, where what if this was set in pre, you know. Pre-colonial um, America. Pre-Columbus, yeah. where, where all you have is just these Native Americans. Yeah. With almost Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> she looks like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actress is so good. Yeah. Mm. She you does see, a very, you very seen good it, job. Yeah, I mean... The, Am I the only one who hasn't seen it? I think I so. Think so yeah. the, the whole point of it is that in all the other movies, it's been like these big, strong guys trying to fight it, and this is trying to show that it's more about like intelligence and wit. And well, yeah, that was like, like the whole work. point of the first one, is that the guns and the muscles don't work, and to beat it, Arnold has to like outsmart it. And then the other movies were like, oh, no, you have to beat it with big punches. It's like they completely missed the point of the first film. Mm. All of the sequels have done that. So it's lovely Except for Prey. Prey is the one you're so like... Remembered. We talk about this error being the error of representation yeah. and doing it right. And we've touched on that with things like turning red. But it's also, yeah, represent, it's representing also the authentic true version of things. Yeah. So like Batman and Prey. Mm. And, it's, and we've sort of almost come full circle where we're just making smarter yeah. cinema now. It's and there's, there's actually a version of it. I don't think we have it here, but on like American, that sort of thing, you can pick a version that's all in Cherokee. So oh. it's subtitled in, in like the correct language. Did they I mean, film it that way? I don't know. There isn't Was a lot dubbed? of dialogue. I, I would imagine it's dubbed. I would imagine it's dubbed because yeah. I can't imagine, yeah, them yeah. having to like re-record all that dialogue. But wait, now. when you watched it, the little bit that they spoke, they spoke in English. Yeah. And it didn't look like their mouths were dubbed. 
No, no. They definitely filmed in English, but I don't know if they then re. Maybe they took the same film. Yeah. They take that they took the same scenes and and reshot them. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. That's cool. Okay, Prey. Prey, great. Which movie. is on Disney Plus. Yes. Okay, and then my final pick mm. would be Clerks Three. Ah. Oh, it was it was also like a perfect mix of nostalgia and every Kevin Smith movie references previous movies but this one just had so much heart because it dealt with Kevin Smith had a heart attack yeah I remember yes. and this deals with Randall the character in Clerks he has a heart attack and then he's just like he wakes up with this new purpose mm. and he wants to make a movie which is the making of Clerks so it's going back and oh, it's 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 just so beautiful. So so just perhaps some context for people. Obviously some most folk know a lot everything about clerks, but for those who don't, the, it this is this was one of the first films ever made by Kevin Smith. Uh to the point where it's this low budget black and white film. He paid for it himself. He paid wow. for it himself and he was the the start of what was called the mini majors, mm. which were these indie films that got picked up by big studios. And so this film captured some time in America where you could make this kind of movie where it was just talking shit at a grocery store. He filmed it and at the place that he worked yes. at yeah. night that closed up and... And, um, and it did so well because yeah. it, it sort of, yeah, spoke to, a, it was a bit of a voice of a generation kind of film. Yeah. Um, and then that launched his career. He is most famously um, Silent Bob in Jay and Silent yeah. Bob. So, um, yeah, then he made a second one at one point, and then now this is the third. The second one I didn't like at all. It mm. was, uh, I can't even remember. But Kevin it, Smith but made a whole series of very famous films. It's called yeah. The, yeah. the View Askewniverse. So View Askew is his production company. Oh, and then all these yeah. movies are kind of linked Oh, okay. In some way, the viewersk universe. But he he was quite crazy. a big dude, Jay and Silent Bob. Like yeah. we remembered Silent Bob being quite a fat guy, hefty, hefty. <laughs> um, and now he's he's very skinny, and I think that was post heart attack. Yeah, mm. yeah. He smokes a lot of weeds. You'd think it would have the munchy effect, but yeah. If you anything to go by, <laughs> we all know that's not true. You are you are very skinny. Um, okay, so that was cool. I never saw that. Is it on anything? I see it's available on Google Play, so I'm assuming on Apple okay, as well. On Apple TV. Yeah. Okay, can sort of rent it. Yeah. Um, then it's worth mentioning, perhaps now, as a as a closing off film, is um, Woman King, which we, uh, none of us yeah. have mentioned yet. Yeah. Which I think just deserves that, perhaps, final mention. I don't know whether there's anything else that deserves more of a yeah. final mention. Mm. But that, I think, we'll, we'll see it in, in the Oscars. Mm. Probably. in some shape or form and the woman king yeah we've spoken about it at, at great lengths on this show I just drew the picture I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it <laughs> you know what it's about Gad kind of okay so it's, it's set I think in, you should in give it's set in 1820 in the height of the slave trade and uh, it's all set in a in a kingdom which I thought didn't exist which <laughs> turns out was real yeah where um, this kingdom um has uh, female warriors as their as their high guard and um over the course of the movie you see a young girl sort of join this guard and you see the the kingdom grappling with the sort of the morality of the slave trade which in short gad 
here's a brief history of, on the slave trade, <laughs> is that you basically got three components to it. Okay, we famously know the slaves that are in, let's say, America, yeah. that are picking cotton. Then if you visit places like Zanzibar or a lot of Arabic countries, uh, Brazil, th those, those seafaring nations tended to be the ones that transported them. They just took them from point A to point B and they were part of the slave trade. Everybody got money. Yeah. But arguably one of the more uh, unspoken but very important things to mention was that the slave trade also involved African kings, generally the kings, selling their own, not necessarily their own people, but selling Africans to the slave traders. That I know, yeah. And so, and so here were these this kingdom trying to grapple with that. Obviously, they would, they, would, they would take their enemies, so they would fight them, beat them, and then keep them captive and then sell them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, that's horrible. No, it's <laughs> terrible. And so it was interesting to start hearing, Just let it happen. hearing a story about that. Not only – and then, and then yeah, the, 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 the story of these female warriors is, tr is true. This tribe did have these, these women. Yeah. So that was interesting. They did try in real life to not get involved, but they, they for the most part, did. And they would, that's how they would make a lot of money. So it was really interesting to be a part of that. And it's all done in a really huge, big budget, great acting, great story. Um, Viola Davis is the main chief. I know, her, I know from Watchmen. And she's incredible. Oh, she's you know, so you don't actually think of her as a, as a physically strong, athletic woman. Mm. But she certainly got in mm. shape and, and bulked up or, or, or sort of fit this role really well. So you never question it. And, um, yeah, they all just were so, yeah, just strong, both physically and, um, I mean, literally and figuratively. Yeah. That was a great movie. It was mm. a lovely movie to see. And it was just, check it just out. so cool to, to see those kinds of films being made. Okay, awesome. So that was The Woman King. Okay, so I think we've touched on everything I think we all felt we needed to put yeah. out there. Yeah. So this is our most rented and it was lovely to catch up with yeah. you guys. There's one other thing I want to do. I think we should like just quickly name what our, our favorite films are each because we've discussed a bunch. There's one other thing I want to do quickly. Okay. Most anticipated movie of 2023. I made a list. Okay. I'll read the list and I we can just quickly, oh, okay, cool. okay. we can quickly just decide because you know, we're all about being excited about movies. Yeah. Cool. So I just went through a list of movies that are coming out in 2023 and I just picked the ones that the kind of things we're most likely to watch. Yes. You know, okay. so these are just in order of release. We have Cocaine Bear, which looks <laughs> fucking bonkers. It actually looks amazing. Shazam Fear of the Gods, John Wick Chapter 4, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which actually looks surprisingly good. Mm. Um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fast X, not called Fast Ten. Your Seatbelts, which is a, a <laughs> exactly. big mistake. What? Fast X, so Fast Fast and the Furious, and the Furious. 10. Yeah. yeah. It should have been called Fast Ten, Your Seatbelts. <laughs> yes, it should have. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the sequel, the the sequel Spider to Into the Spider-Verse. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, the Flash. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh, oh yes. Oppenheimer, uh, Chris Nolan's next film. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Barbie. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> the Meg 2. They're making a sequel to The oh, Meg. Oh, cool. Um, June Part 2. Cool. And Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I, know, I thought I, I thought I had my most anticipated, and then you carried on mentioning more. Right? 
There's a lot of like exciting stuff. Is the Flash actually coming out? Like yeah. the most problematic movie. Right. Yeah, they're still doing I think it. They, I think they've they're digging their heels somewhere, in. Somewhere, somewhere, there's an editor that's been given a job to turn it into a Batman movie. <laughs> you just do what you can, dude. Yeah, exactly. Have they? Sh- have they? Sh- they must have shot the yeah. Flash. Yeah, shot. And shot. But now and very extensive reshoots. Ezra keeps on getting arrested. And yeah. The the main guy. Yeah. Um, Ezra Miller. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller has become problematic in real life. Yes. Yeah. Like and so crazy. Interesting. It's been quiet uh, for the last year. It was actually supposed to be out this year already, and they pushed it back again. I think they did it for Mark. I think they're hoping like him going into rehab and doing all the stuff is going to kind of be enough to, a you know, redemption arc. Yeah, for him socially. Yeah. Also, enough time for the world to just forget. I guess. Yeah. yeah, and then when it comes, when they do start pushing it, it's going to be like, hey, Michael Keaton's Batman again. That's the exciting. Yeah, thing, exactly. Remember? remember, remember that Michael Keaton's Batman and Ben Affleck's Batman as well. Uh? <laughs> Wait, what? So who's so? It, it's it, multiverses yeah. in. So Michael Keaton's back uh, as Batman. Ben, it's basically. I don't know if they're still oh doing Lord. this because they've kind of <laughs> they've kind of changed direction a lot now that James Gunn is this in charge. This was always of all like a DC. Flash thing, by the way. Yes. Flash time traveling. Yeah. Uh, time always been a thing. Always so at least it's like not a universe traveling as well. Yeah. But uh, <coughs> DC well, did everything first. Because I was interrupted. <laughs> it's fine. It happens to us. ADHD yeah. kids. Um, um, okay. So I think favorite of the year, everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Most anticipated Dune 2. I can't not say Dune 2. <laughs> it's Fair my enough. favorite book. Is it going to be called Dune 2? It's Dune Part 2. two. Part two. Yeah. yeah. How you doing? <laughs> friend's version <laughs> how you doing <laughs> lovely you Graham um, I'm going to say my favourite of the year is The Batman and most anticipated is I can't choose between Mission Impossible and Dune yeah that was a tough one for me as well Mission I'm Impossible just so next one is, yeah. I think it's probably Dune but I think I'm a little more excited about Mission Impossible now because we've had a trailer yes whereas we know nothing about Dune 2 yet yeah and then Christopher true. Walken's in it which is exciting it, yeah <laughs> He's the Emperor Padisha. Yeah. Padisha Emperor. Yes. What? Christopher uh, the Walken. Emperor in the Dune uh, film or book series yeah. is being played by Christopher Walken. Oh. It's going to be fun. That's And Florence Pugh's in it and... Yeah. She's Princess Irulan. And the dude who was Elvis is... Austin uh, Fade. We didn't even talk about Elvis. Mm. I haven't seen I it. I want Sting back. <laughs> yeah, get, get a really old man to fight Paul. <laughs> I'm joking. I think I think he's a good choice as like a yeah. an opposite, like a mirror. Of yeah, Paul, it's very cool. And you get? I'd say it's Sandman, probably mm. favorite of the year. Okay. And then maybe Mario Brothers. I love Mario Brothers. So that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, everyone's like so upset that he's not doing the it's a me Mario voice. <laughs> I swear, if, if they can't do it, it's just it does. The thing is, Mario isn't a character. He has no defining attributes. Yeah. So anyone can play Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone. Okay. Doesn't matter. Like even Bob Hoskins. They yeah, need, exactly. They need a reference that he needs to go into the game and like become Italian. But yeah. I don't think the main character should be Italian. Yeah. It's gonna be because that was a secondary um, voice, wasn't it? Like I heard that when they originally released the game, there was an initial more American Italian accents. Uh, okay. And so then, like Bob Hoskins in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then came. I'm not sure. Like I read something <laughs> like that online. Nothing can beat that Bob Hoskins movie. Though. <laughs> I saw that as a kid, like, like seriously expected a Mario Brothers movie, yeah. and it's just it's like, oh, it's dark and weird, and it's like that's what I watched as a kid. Film. Yeah. Um, my favorite of the year was definitely Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm not entirely sure what I'm excited for. Um, all those, all those ones sounded glorious. I, I perhaps the most intrigued to watch Barbie. Oh uh, yeah. Because yeah. Ryan Gosling, yep. 
being Ken, right? What's going to happen there, man? It just looks so bizarre. I mean, all I've got to go on is the fact that there's going to be a Barbie movie. Yeah. Yes. Knowing, By Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Well, knowing the stringency that Barbie as a brand has mm. always maintained, they've rolled with the times to some degree. How far are they going to let them go? But yeah, yeah. but uh, that's bizarre. Um, and yeah, and just you've got Ryan Gosling, right? And yeah, what's her face from and Big what's her big face? <laughs> what's her face is in it? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Not Roby. Margot yes. Robbie. Margot yes. Robbie. Harlequin. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's exciting. Yeah. Interesting to see. It's going to be a good year. Let's it's uh, been a good year, and I think it's going to be a good year. So yeah, one little thing to sign off because I think this will be the last episode that we release this year. We'll mm. be back. We're going to take perhaps one or two moments of, yeah. of break um, because we're all going to be on holiday. And uh, But thank you for all your support hmm. over this year. When did we start the podcast? That's a really good question. It was before so I left overseas. Yes. I went on that 28 weeks ago. It was like March or April, I think. It was, about, it was about April. Yeah. March, April. Oh, my goodness. Because I went away in May and you guys were recording Yeah, stuff. at my house. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it must be because we've and done so, 30 episodes. Yeah. 52 weeks in a year. 30 out of 50. Yeah. yeah. So it's been lovely. And just also to you three, thank you for your time. Yeah. I really appreciate course, this. Rusty. I'm having so much fun doing this. First That's episode, 13th of June. 13th of June. June. Okay. Crazy. That's been a privilege to be a part of this. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying so it. Fun. So thank you guys and thank you for being a part of this and thank you for Absolutely. Uh, you listening. You're uh, you're amazing <laughs> and we love and appreciate you. Yeah. Cool. Have a merry uh, festive time, yeah. chaps. Have a good new year thank and you. we will see you back. And I think 2023 is going to be a lovely, exciting yeah. year for the video store. So it's great to all have you. Absolutely. Peace and love. All right. Thank you for listening. That was the most rented 2022. My name is Russell Grant. I was joined today by Gad DeCombers, Graham Hackney, and Cole Matthews. This is now um, the end part of the show that we call the cash up, which is basically before we turn off the lights here at the video store and go home, we have an opportunity to just balance the till, so to speak, which is include anything that we missed during the episode itself or any mistakes we might have made and basically for an episode like this this is a chance just to mention one or two special mention films that we didn't include in this chat for whatever reason the first is um, I'd like to include and add to the most rented the film The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent it came out this year starring Nicolas Cage and it is fantastic I actually had never had a chance to watch the film and after we recorded this episode I just so happened to watch it on a flight and I thought it was fantastic so please go and check that out it was on DSTV box office for a while perhaps it still is but it's out there and you should go and check it out the second film is of course Avatar 2 which only came out after this episode we all agreed it deserves a special mention simply because of its visual effects. It is an absolute masterpiece in that regard, and certainly the pinnacle of where the world is in visual effects at the moment. So do yourself a favor, watch it on the biggest screen possible, put on those 3D glasses, and really get immersed. Then uh, the third one is, of course, we touch on it, but Glass Onion 
is now available on Netflix and uh, that would most likely make our lists because it is um, it's lovely. Uh, I watched it last night and it is a great two and a half hours of your time and a great whodunit. So um, that is Glass Onion, which is on Netflix. All right, uh, let's turn off the lights and go home. We are going to take a one-week break, and then we are going to be back. Uh, 2023 is an exciting year for us. We've got lots of things lined up, and we can't wait to share it all with you guys. So be safe, have a happy festive season, and we will be chatting soon. All right, cheers. Bye.